As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 1. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. 2. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. 3. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-369. 5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. My turn for the note sheet. I get to work off Microsoft OneNote. It's my turn. Skip Bayless. It's my turn. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, just baseball show on Thursday, October 12th. We've got three games to recap. The Phillies thrashing of the Atlanta Braves and Bryce Harper staring into Orlando Arcia's soul. You've got the Astros who finished off the Minnesota Twins. And uh, we're recording in the ninth inning of Diamondbacks Dodgers right now. So I'm going to refrain from saying that it was desert power. Shout out Timothy Chalamet uh, that swept the L.A. Dodgers. But we will talk about that game last. Um, This was a long day of baseball and a great day of baseball. It started at five o'clock and here we are. We just hit the record button at 11.45 p.m. I had a like 8 p.m. Celsius. So I'm feeling all right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm just running high off playoff baseball. I keep telling you, we're we're texting too. It's like, yeah, it's getting late. We should hop on the record. And I keep saying, the Phillies, this whole thing, and we're going to talk about it in a second, that gave me enough energy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep. And I'm going to be at game four in Citizens Bank. So if you're listening to this and you're going to be at the game, come say what's up. But before we get into anything, all of this is brought to you by the king of sportsbooks, and that is BetMGM. Use promo code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older. And terms and conditions apply. That... Stare down. 
Beautiful. That stare down. I mean, that is that's Twice. art. That's Twice. beautiful. Twice. Yeah, Twice. Th- that's the thing. Once is okay. He clearly <laughs> heard. Twice is oh my god. He's doing the Pat Mahomes count to ten, like the the guys that were picked before him. Um, I, we we have this conversation not a lot, but it's it's a sentiment that I have loved because I've always thought about it. The best players, regardless of sport on planet Earth, need something to keep the fire alive. Because mm-hmm. the fire can die out like a, a Novak Djokovic, like Novak should be tired of winning grand slams by now. But this guy somehow manufactures more fire and he's in his mid thirties and he continues to win grand slams. There are guys, Tom Brady's a great example that have accomplished everything you can accomplish. And they still look to move the goalposts and Bryce Harper I mean, it's been so well documented. This guy was the chosen one since day one. He was the 12-year-old phenom. He had a 500-foot homer in a high school home run derby when he was 15. And the E60s, like, yeah, it went over the highway and it bounced right around here. Like, No way that uh, happened. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> it was like a 500 You know what? You know homer. what? Maybe it did. I mean, who are we to not believe that? Of course it did. You know so, what? Yes, it did. Here's it the did. thing, man. I believe that over Mickey Mantle hitting in 985 <laughs> Because at least there's a video of yeah. teenage Fuck dumbass it. Bryce Dude, Harper can... like, yeah, I hit it right there. Bryce Harper could tell me whatever he wants, and I would just believe him. Like, he could say, no, that ball actually went farther than the video. It actually went 700 feet. And I'd be like, yes, sir. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Sure. I believe Absolutely. you. Absolutely. But the gist is this. Bryce Harper has accomplished pretty much everything there is to accomplish in baseball, aside from a World Series ring. And but, that but, can. But, I mean, you need that. You do need it, but I mean, this guy on a game by game basis, like he doesn't need to have a fire lit. Like he's just so supremely talented. You give these guys any ammo, they're going to run with it. And that was amazing ammo that Arcia gave Bryce Harper. And there's so many storylines within the storylines, right? Because you have a subsection of Braves fans that, think it was completely fabricated, think that there is no legitimacy to it. And then post-game, you see the Braves talking about it and saying, yeah, we did say it. And then Travis Darno in his post-game presser shouldn't have gotten out of the clubhouse. We don't trust the media anymore. You know, you have other journalists, maybe not even associated with the Braves, basically blaming the media for taking that story and running. Guys, this is theater. It was. I mean, this is sports. It's also not as deep as everybody's making it. Yeah. If it wasn't real, Bryce Harper wouldn't have stared at him twice. So we didn't do anything wrong. We were told this. Bryce Harper was told this. And he looked like the greatest player of all time. He just needed a little extra fire under his belly. And, and here's the thing. thing. You can point fingers if you want. It was Jake Mintz of Cespedes Family Barbecue, um, and they're associated with Fox now. And and Jake and Jordan at Cespedes Family Barbecue have done an amazing job covering baseball since 2016, I want to say. I I feel like I was in high school when I first hit the follow button on Cespedes Family Barbecue. The last time the Astros weren't in the ALCS. 2016. Um, but like Jake has been very hand up. I did it 
with with this whole thing and okay you know what like whatever protocol you want to you want to have and travis darno saying this is a sanctuary and nothing should leave that you know you have like working media in there with you when you do that so uh, that was just bizarro but i'll kind of walk you through this thought by thought kind of same thing we did a couple nights ago where you kind of walked me through your stream of consciousness i'll walk you through mine cool we're starting with Phillies Braves. And again, it was a big win for the Phillies. Michael Lorenzen threw garbage time in the ninth inning. I did not think that was going to happen at the deadline. I thought but, it was awesome, though, that he got got in there, though. For sure. Um, but it also kind of felt like, hey, we'll throw you a bone and get you in here when I thought this guy was actually going to be a big factor in the postseason, but not really the case. However, that's all right. It was Bryce Elder and Aaron Nola. Elder got the start. It was pretty much a toss-up between Elder and A.J. smith Shaver. I thought that it was going to be Elder and then A.J.'s the piggybacker. Elder did a great job matching Nola early until he didn't, and we'll get to until he didn't. But <laughs> I, I thought right away, you know, the punch out of Harper was big. Anytime you get Bryce Harper out in the postseason, it, it feels big. It, okay. it has some gravity to it. And Acuna and Albies supplying the first run with that one-two punch lightning quick was classic. And I want to highlight that about Acuna because, yes, he was a 40-homer guy. Yes, he's so electrifying. But he's also one of the best, if not the best, table setters in all of baseball. This guy can get things started for Atlanta, and Albies was the beneficiary of that. That's why he's the MVP, right? He, he is a table setter. He is the best table setter in Major League Baseball. He had one of the greatest table setting seasons in all of Major League history, right? The only really guy you can kind of compare him to at the top of the lineup winning MVPs like that, Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Yeah. So and he is the greatest leadoff man in baseball history, Ricky Henderson. So Acuna had a table setter, Ricky Henderson type season. Uh, this This was my note on the Castellanos homer. Big, long guy meets pitch inside and pimps the hell out of it. He's a big, long man. He's got a a long swing at points, and that was clearly not off the barrel, but he muscled that thing out just above the handle of the bat. That was a really impressive homer. Nick Castellanos, for me, is the player that I've done a complete 180 on. Earlier in his career, I thought, you know, I made fun of him. I thought he was a great American ballpark merchant. I thought he was really bad defensively. I thought, um, you know, whenever I heard him talk, I was like, oh, you're kind of a tool. I just didn't like him very much. I've completely turned around. Yeah, This guy, I love he's pointing to the stands after he hit that home run to his son. The ring finger thing, like, there's one thing to be a tool and there's another thing to be just like a baseball player. If that makes sense. Like, I think you understand what I'm saying here. He's just so Philly. And I have really fallen for this red October theme, this us against the world mentality and every presser now that he's in, like the answers are just hilarious. He plays hard. He plays the game the right way. I have done a complete 180 on Nick Castellanos. He's turning into one of my favorite players to watch. I just love him now. He's funny. He's hilarious. I'm glad that he got paid, and I'm glad that he's in Philly. Because they, they did a great job. Dave Dombrowski, Sam Full, did a great job IDing guys that represent Philly really well. And I think Schwarber is a great example of that. Obviously, Harbor's a great example of that. But Castellanos is a sneaky, awesome Philadelphia Philly uh, Bryce Harper is playing pissed. Holy smokes. That was my note on the first homer. 
I have no other notes other than I am sitting back in awe of greatness. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we all kind of have to appreciate that at points. Sometimes the games can kind of skate by you, right? You see something amazing and, and then sometimes, you know, the play with Michael Harris, people were calling that the greatest ending to a playoff game. I mean, that's bullshit, right? <laughs> but it's, but it's, it's cool to just acknowledge it in the moment. Like I was sitting on my couch watching that game, thinking to myself, don't forget these moments mm -hmm. because Bryce Harper is going to be a first ballot hall of famer. One of the greatest players of our generation Remember the year 2023. Remember the stare. Remember the two home runs in game three of the National League Division Series against one of the greatest regular season teams, one of the greatest offenses, the prohibitive favorite to win the World Series, and all Bryce Harper needed was for you to laugh at him. Orlando Arcia didn't say, oh, Bryce Harper. I mean, who cares about him, right? We we posted on our Twitter same energy in quotes with the Dylan Brooks quote about LeBron James is like he's an old person right he's got to give me forty or like oh, directly bears. calling him out yeah this was a quote in the locker room basically saying haha nice play Harper Doofus. a very subtle small joke but the greatness of Bryce Harper remember this moment ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life. I sat there on the couch in awe of greatness. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I was texting with our guy, Taylor Davis, and he texted me at 6.07. He said, one at bat to win it all. Bryce or Jordan? I said, at this very moment, Jordan. That's at 6.07. He said, I think so too, but gosh dang, is it close. And then at 6.10, he said, dot, 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 LOL. <laughs> I said, can I change my answer? <laughs> and then at 6.57, he said, ha, 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 dude. <laughs> I mean, it's insane that we were just having that conversation in real time. It's so funny. I got a DM on Twitter and someone says, gun to your head. Because, you know, I'm the biggest gun to your head guy. Yeah, you have I'm, I'm to the make punch an answer. The face guy. You're the gun to your head gun guy. Gun to your head guy. We're all about just hurting ourselves in order yeah. to make a take. For sure. Gun to your head. Who would you take? Bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. Kind of that hitter. Jordan yeah. or Harper. And I just said, shoot me. I can't. <laughs> like, I have so many takes. I could go off the cuff. I could really form an opinion on any on anything. Yeah. I physically can't. Now, would you I call them sound know. opinions or do you just have opinions? You know, that's for the audience <laughs> to decide. I think they're all perfect every time, but Got you it. know. Yeah. I love your humility. Except for, except for the twins to win the series. I deserve our, I owe the people an apology, but we'll get for to sure. that. JT Real Muto had another big knock. Um, JT has been a sneaky, huge factor this series in the early mm -hmm. goings. And Real Muto, I think, is a guy that. I guess is slept on in this lineup because there are other guys with way more sex appeal. Harper might be the sexiest dude in the postseason. He and Jordan Alvarez. Um, but when Castellanos does something, it feels bigger. Hell, I, I got up for that Stott grand slam more than some of these high leverage homers from Real Muto. Real Muto has just been such a consistent factor and such a, a steady presence in this Phillies lineup. And I don't know where he stacks up in terms of like longest tenured Phillies, but like since the trade, 
I'm, there's been a lot of turnover, and I feel like Real Muto has just kind of been there. And, and he is a gr- he is a great catcher and team leader to have. I'm so glad you brought him up because I wrote down on my Google Docs, somehow JT Romuto is still underrated. And what I mean by that is, right, I think you can make the argument for other catchers in Major League Baseball maybe being better than him, right? Had a little bit of a down regular season. But that's what makes the Phillies so incredible, that when the moment is here, all these guys become the best in the business, right? Like Sean Murphy ain't even playing right now. JT Rumuto against the Braves. For all those watching on YouTube and you're not hearing any audio, it's just because I'm shrugging my shoulders. Like yeah. We kind of all know what I mean right now. No, we know who the better catcher is. Um, and Darno has, you know, earned the start with the homer yesterday, back-to-back starts. And Murphy has really struggled. But Real Muto is a guy that is never going to find himself out of the lineup. Back to the hill. My next note, Aaron Nola. I just wrote down his postseason stat line. 12 and two-thirds, nine hits, one run, 12 Ks, and two walks. I know the pitch count ran up in the early innings and he kind of worked around some foot traffic. He scattered some hits. I think it was five and two thirds, six hits. I don't care. Oh my God. He looks so good. And this co-ace thing is fully back and it disappeared for the entirety of the regular season. And wouldn't you know, we're back for the postseason, right where it birthed in the early goings of the 2022 playoffs. It was Wheeler Nola. Nola tapered off. We'll see what he looks like moving forward if he gets more starts. But, man, they got co-aces right now. Yeah, Arm and I talked about it, I think, on yesterday's show when we were previewing this game, and we thought the Braves had a good chance of scoring a bunch of runs off Aaron Nola because even Arm said that he didn't think Nola pitched all that well against the Marlins, and I watched that start. I didn't think he pitched all that well either. We both kind of agreed we thought it was more the Marlins sucking then Aaron Nola pitching all that well. He was getting balls off the corners, but we gave him credit, right, for having the command, sticking there, knowing he's going to get the call. And that's just what Aaron Nola has been doing, right? He doesn't have the stuff of Zach Wheeler, but he has very similar command, and he can go to so many different pitches. And he's not afraid of the moment. And that's the point about the Phillies. That's what makes them so good is... I'm not saying the Braves are afraid of the moment because that's not what I think. I just think the Phillies use the moment to their advantage rather than just showing up and not playing scared. And I think that's what Aaron Nola does is that the going gets tough and he keeps going. Now, very similar story happened, right? As we progress through the playoffs, it got a little bit worse for Aaron Nola. So I'm excited to see how he ends this. But it's the same story as last postseason. You get yeah. him in in the early goings, and he looks like a true ace. This is really deja vu. Doesn't it deja feel, vu. It feels very deja vu. It's the same thing. Now, let's see if they can get over the hump here. Yeah. Uh, final note on this. I had two. Uh, AJ smith Shaver, unfortunately, just out there to wear it. He wore it from Castellanos again. He wore it from Trey. He wore it from Brandon Marsh. It kind of sucked to see Smith Shaver throw garbage time innings. I thought this guy could handle leverage. And I actually, going into the game, you know, we, I, I didn't get a chance to say it on a hot mic, but like 
you know, obviously you could say, oh, well, you know, hindsight's 2020. I think AJ is probably built for postseason pitching more so than Bryce Elder is. Because Elder pitches to contact. He pitches through traffic. Like Smith Schauber is, I'm going to get you to whiff. And I think the postseason requires whiffs more so than what Elder brings to the table. I totally get what you're saying. And he could have done a little bit better. But here was my thoughts. Didn't fucking matter who was on the mound. No. Didn't matter. It Probably was couldn't. AJ Smith Schauber could have been Bob Gibson. The Phillies are at home and it's red October. Well, it was the modern day Greg Maddox on the hill. Yeah. That's what we were <laughs> joking about. And I even tweeted, I was like, Bryce Elder by Ty Kerry Wood here. <laughs> That's how good he looked early on. And then it just snapped. And the Phillies did Phillies things. So to your point, I agree. That sentiment of you want more swing and miss. You you want less guys on base. You want the ability to strike out guys. That's why Strider has been good in the playoffs, right? All these big-time guys, you got to rack up the strikeouts in order to be effective in the playoffs. However, A.J. smith Shaver, while he has that over Elder, still 20. He is. He was Imagine. born in 2002. I do, I'm nervous sitting here watching. I'm 20. How old am I? I'm 20. Five. How did I forget my own age? What an idiot. That's why I could never make it on the mound right now. When was the last time somebody asked you how old you were? No, nobody gives a shit. That's the thing. Yeah. I forgot my own age. It's a tough look. And it's it's 12.08 a.m. I get it. Happy Thursday, Peter. Um, Final note on Phillies Braves, all caps. I cannot wait to see Strider throw in Philly, period. And you're going to go see him live. And I'm really jealous. And I hope you have a great time. Yeah, I bet on Philly's money line. <laughs> Ready. Uh, because if I didn't bet on Philly's money line, I think, and the Phillies won, and yeah, I'm sitting there with a losing ticket, I would get destroyed. And at least if I'm on Philly's money line, I can just soak it in. Let's say they lose. I can soak it in with the fans. I'm just as depressed as you guys are. Actually, that's such a lie. No way I could be as depressed as them <laughs> because they're also probably hammering the Phillies and they're the biggest Phillies fans of the world. So... Yeah, I cannot wait to be there. And Strider has dominated the Phillies. Yeah, but this is a different animal. I mean, this is, I mean, this feels better than last year. Does it not? No, it does. Now they have Trey Turner. It, it like, feels better. Him, we haven't even mentioned him. No, I mentioned Trey in passing because he he was one of the guys that just violated AJ Smith-Shaver. That's a good point. Um. All right, moving to uh, Astros Twins here. My first wait. note. Before yeah. sorry, before we move on, just a second. Brandon Marsh is such a beast. Bryson Stott is such a beast. Yeah, the whole They're lineup is so good. Like we didn't even talk about those guys. They're also amazing. Like we talked about Rumuto, Harper, Schwarber, Turner, but from one to nine, there's no breaks, and they all have the Philly attitude. Not just a couple of them. You could see the energy that Harper started spread out amongst the team. Right, He was even asked in the presser when he was told by his teammates about what Arcia said. They asked him, what are you going to do? It's the coldest shit I've ever heard. It was so gross. In the best way, it was so gross. It was so cool. Like, wow, you're sick. All right, Astros twins. Uh, My first note here was the line drive double play ball to Jeremy Pena. Great play by Pena. Nothing Julianne could do about that after the leadoff double. Like, 
it was a liner right at Pena. Like, I know that there was a secondary lead step there and whatever. Like, there was nothing he could do. Great play by Jeremy Pena. Yeah, in the moment, upset at Julian, but looking back on it, tough play. And that's just kind of the series. Tough. Mm -hmm. You just got Astroed. A note from Aram. Royce Lewis has 15 homers in his last 32 games. He's just amazing. Yeah. Royce Lewis, four home runs in the playoffs for the Twins. That is tied for the second most in Minnesota Twins history to Kirby Puckett, who has five. And Royce Lewis has been on the Twins for about 15 minutes. It was, I think, 24 or 25 postseason plate appearances now that Lewis is up to, and he's got four homers. Puckett has five and 105 plate appearances. So yeah, in a quarter play. of a time. Yeah, he's got 80% of the home run output. Um, next one, Brantley. Big ball was going to be a problem against Joe Ryan, I guess. Just shocked it wasn't Jordan. Ryan looked comfortable, but the big ball's been his issue. 32 homers on the year. Great note by A.J. Pruszynski. 22 of the 32 homers allowed came in the front three innings. So it's when he's getting into a rhythm in the ball game is when he's most susceptible to the long ball and Brantley attacked. Brantley's a pro hitter, and he got that shit done against Joe Ryan. I mean, that's how good the Astros are, right? We talk about Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Abreu, continue down the line but it's like Michael Brantley now has the home run to even it up the score at one to one. And before we just continue through our takes, I don't think that whenever we get a prediction wrong, like there's an apology that has to be made, but on this show, I gave out a bet. And whenever I give out a bet and whenever I recommend someone putting their money on something, I always feel the need. And I think this is what people should do when we're talking about money is apologize for a bad take. I said on this show, I think it's a good idea to take the Twins plus 350. Now, I don't know if anybody tailed it and is still now listening and is upset with me, and I'm upset with me too. I lost my money too. And I said on the show the day before, I'm one of the only podcast hosts who, when they make takes, they're genuinely putting their money where their mouth is. And I stand on that, but at the same time, I was wrong about this series. I undervalued the Astros' ability to hit pitching no matter how good it is. And I undervalued how good the Astros are when the going gets tough. And I overvalued the Twins' offense as a whole, fell in love with the starting pitching, fell in love with the bullpen. And But I also want to make something clear because everyone's saying that I have a hatred for the Astros that couldn't be farther from the truth. Guys, I know I'm a Yankee fan, but if you listen to the show, you know I actually kind of hate the Yankees. It is not carrying over to hate about the Astros. I try and find value in the market. I thought I did, and I was wrong. It has nothing to do with my hatred for the Astros. I am obsessed with this series against the Rangers, and... That's all I got, right? I'm sorry. Bad take. Learn from it. And I hope you'll trust me moving forward. Nice. I don't put any money down, so I, I have nothing to yeah, say. Yeah, no, no. It's, you know, it's a me thing. thing. It's a me thing with the people who may have followed me. I apologize. 
Got you. All right. Um, moving past the Brantley thing, getting to the managerial decision. If this was game three, I would really, really, really hate the move from Rocco Baldelli to pull Joe Ryan after two. With this being an elimination game in game four, I only kind of hate it. I wish they got three more outs from Joe Ryan, and I do fully believe that they could have gotten three more outs from Joe Ryan. And I know that they had a script. Rocco made it very clear to Tom Verducci that they did have a script kind of going into this, and and they planned to empty the bullpen. Um, But he left, I think, seven guys for seven innings after you pulled Ryan after two. And that is like tight roping. I don't know how you can do that as a manager in an elimination game. I would try and ring three more outs out of Ryan. I feel so much better with seven guys for six innings than I do seven for seven. And I know that Paddock was there. I know that Varland was there. And hell, they made Yohan Duran get six outs. But man, I thought that was such a gutsy move, but like not in a way where the payoff is amazing. I, I just didn't love it at all that that Rocco Baldelli yanked him after two innings it's funny I actually completely disagree Mm. and the reason Joe Ryan really struggled down the stretch and I didn't think that he would dominate this game I thought he could get them through a couple innings that was kind of my thought and knowing they have Varlin knowing they have Paddock knowing they have Duran and Stewart and Jackson they had so many well-rested arms that I thought it was the right move, that I thought the only way to slow down this Astros offense is to continually give them different looks every single inning because they are just too prolific. And we saw even at the bottom of the lineup when Michael Brantley hit that home run, I was thinking to myself, I do not want Joe Ryan to go through this lineup again. I do not. Because you even look at his stats too as his starts progress, his numbers start getting worse and it was almost drastic. And it has been showing up in the latter part of this season. So the fact that they had all these guys, I thought he made the right move. Now, there was a couple of situations where did you bring in the right reliever at this time? However, I thought that was really the only chance that they had. Because if Urquidy is dealing, you have to give them your best. And think about it. I would rather have Brock Stewart in for an inning than Joe Ryan right now. I would rather have Griffin Jackson for an inning. Chris yes. Paddock looked better. Like in all vacuum, of those options were better. In a vacuum for sure. I agree with you. Like, hey, I would rather see Brock Stewart throw an inning than Joe Ryan throw an inning, but you got to play the big picture game a little bit. Now, I thought that they had seven innings to go. They had to get 21 outs. And you're relying on seven guys that are, for the most part, short, short burst relievers to get you 21 outs. That's not like there's no room for error there. Yeah, but there was also some error with Joe Ryan too. Right? There was one and the, error and the errors happen early. They always yeah, it happened happen with early, Caleb Thielbar, which is so funny because Caleb Thielbar all season long for the Minnesota Twins has been one of the best left-handed relievers in baseball. Hadn't allowed a home run to a lefty all season long. And I understand. I even because what I like to do, I just like to scroll on Twins Twitter or whoever Twitter whenever there's some sort of situation. I just want to see what the scuttlebutt is. And now it's not a direct representation of the entire fan base, but you know, there's plenty of accounts out there. People are tweeting stuff, and everyone was kind of saying, 
field bar in like to face the lefties like Tucker we saw his slugging all time against lefties it's like top five ever Jordan's two to Barry Bonds however you got to go to your lefty against the lefties right and we saw the righties have more success down the line but at the end of the day like that was I thought the best part point to put in Caleb Thielbar. So, so to your point, yes, it's it's a little bit riskier. However, you weren't asking any of those relievers to do anything more than they're used to, right? You didn't have Brock Stewart going three innings. You didn't have Thielbar going three innings. All You had seven relievers for seven innings, and that was their job. They're short burst relievers, but they only got an inning. So Brock Stewart, if I'm not mistaken, saw eight, nine, and one or nine, one, and two. And then Thielbar came on, I think, what, three hitter was the start of the lefties. It was yes. three, four, five, six. Yeah, yeah. so Stewart saw it nine, one, and two. Ryan made quick work of one and two. I trusted Ryan to get through nine, one, and two and then hand the ball off to Thielbar. So I thought you could have shelved Brock Stewart, saved him for later. Um, but if Joe Ryan could get you through 11 hitters and then you hand the ball to Thielbar for that stretch of lefties, I think that opens up a, a little bit more for you later. But obviously that didn't matter because the Twins bullpen was amazing and it worked out after that. So shout out Rocco. I didn't love the idea, but it clearly worked aside from the Abreu homer. My note on the Abreu homer. Jose Abreu is hitting the absolute crap out of the ball right now. And I'm so excited to see what he does in the ALCS because out of nowhere, he had three tanks, absolute tanks. The two yesterday went 440 and the one tonight was hit on a line off the facade. That was a really impressive display across the last, what, 24, 36 hours from Jose Abreu. They're just a dangerous bunch. They're the f- fact that Abreu is now heating back up to MVP level 2020 shortened season COVID year, Abreu. What what are people going to do? Michael Brantley. And I think it's important also to realize that the Astros offense did not look as prolific as the Rangers, but the Rangers were facing far inferior pitching. Like for the Astros to do what they were doing, against what I thought was potentially the best pitching staff from the number one starter all the way to the bottom of the bullpen, overall the best pitching staff, like they were hitting, right? Like, and they were mixing and matching. Like what Rocco was doing was he was using potentially the best bullpen left in the playoffs. And you're getting a new guy every inning and the Astros are still hanging in. Yeah. And all you got to do is make one mistake. Field bar gave up the single to Jordan. Then he actually got out Tucker. One mistake. Game's over. That's, That's what the Astros do. All they need is one. And I loved how they put up Jordan and Tucker slugging percentage against lefties. Because I was like, what do we always say about Barry Bonds? What do all pitchers always say about Barry Bonds? One mistake. One mistake. And the game is over. Because what it, I also said when I was previewing the bet was, well, if Abreu and Presley come in, the game's over anyway. The game is over. Over. Yeah. Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley. I mean, give me a break. They are so good. Yeah. Next note, strikeout pitch to Kepler was a ball. When Royce Lewis stole second base and they rung him up to end the inning, that was a ball. And yeah, that, that, was that a sucks. That really sucks. Um, I love Julianne with all my heart. 
quote of the postseason that isn't Attaboy Harper, because Attaboy Harper is quote of the postseason. Quote of the American League side of the postseason came from Adam Wainwright. Second pitch of Yohan Duran's night was 101 at the top of the zone. And there was a little bit of silence, and Wayno goes, Man, I wish I could do that. That looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was just so organic and wholesome from Wayno. And I was like, you know what? Shit, I, there are so many big league pitchers that wish they could do what Johan Duran does. There are Cy Young Award winners that wish they could do what Duran was. That guy is as gifted in arm as maybe we've ever seen. No, nobody in Major League Baseball can do what he does. No, nobody. he's an I anomaly. Mean, he throws 98 mile an hour splitters. I mean, that's just not normal. That, right? that even Chapman at his splitter. peak. Go ahead. No. Three, three, uh, three pitch punch out to Jordan Alvarez. The 01 splitter, 98 low, when he chased like ankle high. That's the filthiest pitch in baseball history. And show me a more filthy one. I think no, I Greg Maddox <laughs> two seam where like he said that ball was clearly scuffed and he rode the scuff, but. Dude, that 98-mile-an-hour splitter that bottomed out on Jordan Alvarez in the postseason this year was the craziest pitch I've ever seen. You should not be able to throw a 98-mile-an-hour pitch that drops off the table. That is reserved for Clayton Kershaw and Adam Wainwright curveballs that are 76, 98. What are we talking about here? This is a video game-type pitcher, and you saw it on full display. Like, again, when I said we have to remember that what we saw from Harper in that game was pure greatness, we also have to remember to sit back and remember that A-B between Yoan Duran and Jordan Alvarez. I mean, that is one of the great power pitchers in MLB history facing off against one of the great power hitters who will be in MLB history. Like, I made a TikTok about Jordan Alvarez. He's at 129 career home runs, 35 home runs for the next 15 seasons. He's closing it on 700. That's not out of the realm of possibility for a 26-year-old. Like, remember these ABs. I'm going to, again, we're going to remember the Yoan Duran versus Jordan Alvarez at bat in 2023 for a long time. Made him look silly. Um, I was close to laughing in a sad way at the Byron Buxton return because there was massive standing ovation crowd got raucous and <laughs> then just pool noodles <laughs> a ball over to first base. It was so sad. Was that more embarrassing than striking out? Maybe I mean, that was the weakest piece of contact. <laughs> we're talking about how you Duran, you know, we're talking about, we're being very reactionary about MLB history. I mean, that was possibly the weakest pop-up in MLB history. <laughs> But respect to Byron Buxton, like I like that Rocco Bedelli put him in there for sure. Right? Nobody Better else that than like an Andrew anyway. Stevenson. And Andrew yeah. Stevenson's great, but like Buxton is such a huge piece of the Minnesota Twins, and he's financially compensated as such. And I know that it was kind of a year from hell for him, and aggravating injuries, you know, part billion for Byron Buxton. But with that buildup for that little dink off of the end of his bat, I was. You're kidding me. This is so sad. Um, but he ran into the buzzsaw of Brian Abreu. I, when we put together our top 10 relievers list going into next year, I will petition hard for Abreu being above Presley, even though I think Presley's awesome. Yeah, he's also unbelievable. Like, he's one of the greatest postseason relievers in Major League history. I think he's 13 for 13 in his save opportunities in the postseason. 
he's also lights out. Like both of them are doing the same thing. It's just Brian Abreu throws harder. His cur- Presley's breaking ball on three two to Royce Lewis, where he had him way out in front. Game was over on that pitch. Kepler stood zero chance after that to Royce Lewis. I thought the game was over when Jose Abreu hit the home run. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's that's what I was sitting on my couch watching that game. The game was over. The Twins, like they... Dr. Hindsight reporting for duty. No, no, I'm telling you what were my genuine <laughs> thoughts at the time. I swear. I All thought right. the game was over then. Like, I was like, oh, maybe the Twins can keep it close. But, like, there's just some instances in the game that if you don't get the break, you're just not going to win. Right? The Kepler call, Julian getting thrown out, and then Royce Lewis hitting the home run. So it's only 1-0. Like, you only get so many breaks in the playoffs. And when you don't take advantage of them, you're not going to win the game. And that first inning where Julian gets called out and then hit home run, I'm like, all right, well, they're going to need more. Then Brantley, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe the Twins can win. Then when Jose Abreu hit that, I'm like, yeah, it's probably over. And then when that call to Kepler happened, I was like, now it's definitely over. That was genuinely my thoughts. Got you. Um, last thing, the thing that I love and hate about baseball at the same time is it is the one sport where you can't put the ball in the best player's hands when it matters most. And like, I'm not talking pitcher. Who was standing in the on-deck circle when the twin season ended? Carlos Correa against the Houston Astros. The Celtics can put the ball in Tatum's hands. I don't know why Jason Tatum just popped into my mind. But like the Bucs can put the ball in Giannis's hands. You know, the ball can be at Messi's feet for Argentina in the 90th minute. Um, Julius Randle's hands. Yeah, exactly. Julius Randle. Yeah, for sure. But like Dame time is a thing. Like it's not Amphrey Simons time because the the situation demands Amphrey Simons over Damian Lillard. Now it's Amphrey Simons time. Yeah, he actually goes a little bit lower on his wrist. Um, But that's the thing that kind of gets me about baseball is I wanted so badly to see Correa up there for the last chance for the Minnesota twins, but it's such a situational game. And that's part of what I love about baseball. Kepler yeah, matters hate- just as much as Carlos Correa in the ninth inning. Yeah. I hate to be a pessimist, but Presley wasn't going to give up a hit. No, no. no. So I, if Correa just- stepped up, I'm thinking we're watching game five. I don't. Oh, God. No, but like Pres- they're too good. I mean, no, I, that's like that is just a testament to Presley and Abreu. They yeah. are too good. It's it's not even a question for me anymore. It doesn't matter really. Like maybe once every five years, you'll see one hit from them. <laughs> I don't even want to say a run. Like you might see them get to the fourth guy in the inning, and then they'll get the strikeout. They're too damn good. This is, I mean, these are two top five relievers in baseball back to back. And arguably like, yeah, I mean. I was conservative when I said top 10. I I think they could both be in the five range. Right? Like, and I know we're being overreactionary and I keep wanting to say Devin Williams, but I keep saying to myself, like, when we see these guys continually do it over and over and over again, like bottom of the ninth inning in the World Series, you want Ryan Presley or Devin Williams? Like, Ryan Presley. Isn't that the answer for... Who's the better reliever? Who you want the biggest moment? I think Ryan so. Presley, I want. 
but you also gotta you also gotta factor in the full season. Like the regular season means so much. And I know, but like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Devin's great. David I don't give hot. a shit. I think Presley's the best. And Abreu's like somehow better. I don't even know if he's better. I don't Abreu know. is better. I stand by that. They're so both bad. they're it's both three up, three down. It's just Abreu does it with more power and everything the same result. But like everything that comes out of Presley's hand is spinning at like four thousand RPMs. Yeah, it's impossible. I don't know anybody hits it ever. No. Um, so yeah, that those are my takeaways from from Houston. And Houston and Texas and the ALCS is going to be so much fun. So I mean, much that's, fun. That's the American League version of Phillies Braves. I mean, that's just so must watch every inning of every game. And I hope it goes seven. But the Astros own the Rangers, unfortunately. And not unfortunately for us, not unfortunately for Astros, unfortunately for the Rangers. Nine and four this season. You look at the long track record of the last decade, and I know the Rangers haven't been as prolific as the Astros, so that points to it. But this season, when the Rangers were great, the Astros still beat them up. So how can we not pick the Astros to advance over the Rangers? Because while the Rangers' bats look hot, what are they going to hit Presley and Bray and Abreu? Probably like no. They're probably going to put up. They're probably going to put eight up on Arcidi, and then they're going to put eight <laughs> up on Verlander, and then they're going to put seven up on Fromber. Like that's just how this shit. That's gonna... what you think? I don't know. If I don't know, I don't know that. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm picking Texas without thinking twice. I'm so done picking against the Astros. They own me. Do you know how much they own me, Jack? A lot. Last year. Phillies are my Cinderella team, and I actually got that one right. Picked the Phillies to win the World Series. I was like, this team is different. Red October, no way they lose. And what did the Astros do? They won. Um, I picked the Twins. Astros win again. I pick against Javier. He regresses to a one-hitter instead of a no-hitter. I'm done. I'm going to just... No, but I... Astros fans, can you guys DM me on Twitter? Would you rather me pick against you? Just so you guys can win? The haters. The haters. No, they're not even haters. They're... They're honestly good people to me, which is funny because it's like they're almost big brothering me. It's almost embarrassing for me. No, it's they're like, they put they're, their they're hand just, on your shoulder and you say, come with us. Yeah, they're like smushing me in the locker. They're like, it's OK, Peter. We we know like we'll you just don't you. get it. So I, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to pick the Astros unless Astros fans, if you want me to pick against you, I will for you. So just Thank let me know. Um, all right. Wrapping up with Dodgers Diamondbacks in Arizona. Sweep in the desert. Look at the desert power, man. First note, who knew Brandon Fott and Lance Lynn were going to give us the best first inning of the series? <laughs> I uh, I made a joke. It wasn't funny. Congrats. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to say it. It wasn't funny. It was the first time in postseason history for the Los Angeles Dodgers that the starting pitcher did not give up eight earned runs in the first inning. Ouch. Ouch. Um, I mean, this was the most pathetic series in a in a long time. This was like so- Dodger fans. I, I posted on Twitter too. I was like, quick huddle, air it out right now. You could feel the pain. And it was a numbness. It was like other series hurt. This was pathetic. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. Max Muncie played okay. J.D. Martinez, and then the bottom of the lineup was nowhere to be found. Yeah, the pitchers gave up some runs. They didn't play well. But it was 19-6 to in three games. What was our worry about the Diamondbacks, Jack? That they were going to get battered. 
pitching wise. Nope. This amazing Dodgers offense. Again and again and again. Yeah. Nothing. Every time. And it's I think and Mookie is one of my favorite players ever. I have him on my wall behind me. So disappointed. I'm so disappointed. And I'm trying to make the case that he is the second best player in baseball to Shohei Otani. How can I do that? It's the big moments. What are the stats? Read them to us. Um, what is he? Three for 40, three for 41, three for his last 41 in the postseason. And what have the Dodgers done in those games? Uh, a whole bunch of nothing. Stinky. He's the engine that makes this team go. And, and he, Freddie was terrible too. Yeah. But I think it's on Mookie. Mookie's the guy. It's on the tandem. Um, it's on the tandem, but, but Mookie is the guy that starts it. And can we also heap praise on the Diamondbacks offense real quick? Because they were stunning. And they're amazing. They are amazing. <laughs> I like I want to pick the Phillies or the Braves too, but like, how can I now doubt the Diamondbacks? Unbelievable. So incredible. Walking through kind of how I, I saw that. What that was the fourth inning, yeah, fourth inning unfold. Um, oh, nice Perdomo, like he's the one that gets it started. Cool, oh my god, it's happening on the Cattell Marte one. Oh my god, it, it's happening on the Christian Walker one on the foul ball from Moreno. I'm like, no way, that would have been too good. Very next pitch, I damn near fell off my futon. I was like, you're joking. That was an incredible sequence. And that was that was the Millhouse from the Simpsons meme. Stop it. You're you're killing him or something. Like, stop it. He's already dead. That was the Gabby Moreno foul ball and then the home run. I was looking at that like you're this is the most demoralizing inning of Dodger baseball in a long time. I audibly said I'm sitting alone in my apartment. I have never seen anything like it. And I was so glad to hear on the broadcast that they said that was the first time in postseason history where a team has hit four home runs in an inning. Because I swore, like, I'm a reactionary type guy. And I was like, no way have I ever seen that before. And they did it. The snakes bit. And they bit hard. And they injected their venom into the Dodgers. And the Dodgers folded like origami. Can I just say the next half inning from Fott was massive. And I thought that Brandon Fott was, relatively speaking, excellent. He gave them everything they needed from him and more. The next half inning after those four homers in the inning, one, two, three on seven pitches, got a first pitch line out from Mookie Betts, got Freeman to bounce out, and then punched out J.D. Martinez on three pitches. That is as shut down as you get. The two superstars who combined to make what about half a billion dollars, 325 for Mookie, 168 for Freddie. So I think you're just a little bit short. Um, but man, like shutting those three down as a rookie at home on the heels of the biggest half inning of your season was absolutely incredible. And fought handing the ball to Mantiply. I was like, dude. Job well done, you former Bellarmine Knight, Brandon fought you. And then Mantiply was great out of the pen. And this game was honestly on cruise control until the back-to-back, you know, looped singles to left from Taylor and Kike. And 
on the Kike single, like my last real note on this game was if Longoria didn't cut that off, I thought they had Will Smith at the plate, but I, I'm not sure if you remember it that vividly, but I saw the catcher kind of jumping up and down. Yeah, it was like, I, I think they got him. I think that throw was online and it would have been in time, but you know, it doesn't really matter. We're good. It never ended up mattering, but no, that was funny. I kind of had the same reaction and I want to be honest. I thought Brandon fought pitched well. Diamondbacks bullpen did well. This is the Dodgers offense, I thought. Yeah. I just think it could have been anybody. That team just did not show up. Terrible at bats. And I when I posted the thing about the Dodgers, about, you know, air it out, some people were saying Dave Roberts this, Dave Roberts that. We need a change of leadership. And I understand after the game, you just want a new voice in there because it's so unbelievably difficult to understand what is happening here. And yes, Dave Roberts pinch hitting Colton Wong, pinch hitting Austin Barnes for David Peralta. When David Peralta hits lefties, that's not really a problem for him. Yeah, probably dumb decisions. But I think what he's just trying to do is like, can I do anything? Can we inject any life into this at all? I think he's just sitting there confused like any person would be. Like even the best manager in the history of the world, I don't think could have turned this lineup around. Like it's on them. I don't blame Dave Roberts for a second. I place all of the blame on the top of this Dodgers lineup. Yeah, I'm going to put any hot seat conversation that I see to bed. Yeah, I mean, how could, what did he, he didn't do anything wrong. It's, like, it's not you on. can point to a couple of decisions and be like, shouldn't have pinch hit there. Whatever. Like, what, was David Peralta then going to hit a home run? What's no. he supposed to do with an anemic offense? Yeah, uh, he's just trying anything to get anybody to show up. I mean, wh- like, David Peralta, sure, like, he's better against lefties. He wasn't hitting anything. None of them were. So it's like, yeah, we bitched about the Miguel Rojas for Colton Wong AB. I went back and I kind of sat with it and I was like, what, was Miguel Ross going to get a hit there? No. And Wong walked. Different. And Wong walked. So, yeah, I don't don't think any of this was on Dave Roberts. Um, I don't want to sit here and say the Dodgers need to spend money in the offseason, but... No, they need to expand the payroll. No, I I also, I have another joke. It's not funny. It's kind of mean. I should say it. The Dodgers are going to get Shohei. And they're going to lose in the first round again. Maybe. Not funny. Here's the thing, though. Shohei, yeah, he can help the offense, but he can't help the pitching staff. And I, I think the pitching staff needs help, man. We'll see what they do with that club option on Lynn. I think it's a club option. It's 1241 a.m. So I, it's either a club option or a player option. I'm pretty sure it's a club option at 19. I will check. But... You know, Bueller probably starting on opening day, right? You got yep. Bueller, you got Bobby Miller. May is still going to be hurt, likely. It, they lost everyone. Did Dustin May have an internal graft? I know it was a forearm thing. If he yeah. had an internal graft, he might be close on opening day. I'm not sure that timeline wraps up, but like Gonsolin's out for the entire year. Kershaw, who knows? Urias, gone. So right now you're looking at Walker, you're looking at Bobby Miller, you're looking at Stone, Tapio Sheehan. Probably. That's not going to win you 100 games. 
Yeah, but they'll still win a hundred games. That's the thing. They'll still win a hundred games. But like, it's just we're going to get in the playoffs. We're going to believe in them again. We're going to see a really big run differential, and they're going to lose in the first round again, unless they make massive changes. But that's the thing. What changes do you make? Dylan Cease for uh, a bunch of double-A guys. Okay. Like, they got a hit. It's a club option at 18. I nailed it. They don't pick that up. They got a hit. I mean, you already have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. You've got Will Smith. Yeah, that's like They they have all the – I don't know what you do. That's why the Dodgers are the most – Michael Bush. Put Michael Bush in the lineup. Hope Miguel oh. Vargas is right. Like, I, I mean, what's that going to do? I, it's, it's just maybe top 100 prospects. No, you're right. ready. They're like bigly the, ready. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the the potential of them. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? It has to be Mookie. It has to be Freddie. Mookie is three for 40. That's the issue. Freddie isn't hitting. That's the issue. You can talk about the pitching. Sure. Did the starters not do well? Who cares? They, they didn't hit anyway. It's kind of like what we were. Uh, we were dealing with the semantics of what the twins were dealing with, with their bullpen and stuff. It's like, who gives a shit? They weren't hitting. They don't have a Yordan. They did. Uh, Royce Lewis is Yordan. Royce Lewis is kind of Yordan. No, he's just not. He's not. He's not. Four pumps this postseason. He's not Yordan. How many did Yordan have? Different... <laughs> well, Yordan hit four, I think, in four games. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, but but Royce yeah, Lewis no. is amazing. They, they just don't have... They don't have that. They don't have what the Phillies have. And the Braves don't have that, even though the Braves are like more talented than all of them combined. There's just something there. Those specific players on those teams are built for the big moments. And the players, it seems, right? We can only evaluate what we've seen, aren't, right? Corey Seager goes to the Rangers. He's doing pretty good. They won a World Series with Corey Seager. Seager and Turner are both on different teams, and Miguel Rojas is playing shortstop for them. Yeah. Do with that info what you will. Yep. All right. How excited are you for Phillies Braves tonight? The most excited I think I've ever been for a baseball game in my life. You're going to have a blast. I cannot wait. So, again, if you're at Citizens Bank, come say what's up. I cannot wait to be there. And that's going to be one of those games where I don't give a shit if the bet hits. I just want to be around Phillies fans. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's going to be, no, I actually hope the bets hit so I can be around Phillies fans if they win. But with that said, like, I don't want to disrespect the Braves, right? Because, I mean, they're still an amazing team and they still have Spencer Strider, right? They're big favorites in this game for a reason. Yeah. So and I know you love, you love the fan base too. I love them both. I like the, I like the arguments. I like the rivalry. And that's why I'm like, when either fan base is coming at me for a take on the other team, I'm like, shut up. I like you both. Can I like you both? So that'll do it here for the Just Baseball Show. It'll be jack and arm tomorrow because I will be knee deep in red October. But I really appreciate you guys all listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe button, comment button. You all know the drill. And if you have been enjoying all these late night talks about the postseason, greatly appreciate rating review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch in the episode description. All of this is brought to you by BetMGM. Uh, That's Jack. I'm Peter. We'll be back tomorrow with that. Thank you, everybody.